Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. I'm Zach, Rye is joining us once again. Hey everybody. Oh good, your levels are actually recording this time. Anyway, this um, stemmed from a conversation you and I had not long before we were recording this, and you brought up your love of Al Pacino as one of the best actors out there, correct? Absolutely. And so, I think, then you pitched this idea to me, so I want you, in your words, to explain to the people what they're about to hear and what we're going to ramble on for about an hour or so. Yeah, it sort of stemmed from this idea of what is a movie star? Like, what does that word or that term mean? Especially now, you know, with access to 24-7 celebrity gossip, it's it's sort of much easier to become a celebrity or to get attention these days. Mm-hmm. You know, so has the sort of the star part of it been diluted? And who do we think sort of, you know, is a movie star who isn't and why? Okay, so we started with you bringing up Al. You would say he is a movie star, yes? Yeah, I think he just, yeah, maybe we should sort of set down our criteria of what we think that means. I, I agree. So lay it down. And then I know we're going to, because we talked a little before we recorded this about and uh, about prepping and divided that up into some categories. So you lay it out. Well, for me, the sort of movie star thing is you have to have both the be in the movies and then the star part. So, you know, you, I think you should be in some iconic movies, but I think you also have to at least enjoy the sort of star part, the fame, the attention. Okay. You know. And have both. And I think movie star, I also sort of prefer the guys who weren't necessarily hired for their looks. Like guys who had to work for it. Right. And we, we do have some of that. And I should um, mention that we're focusing mainly on the male actors this time. Yeah. I, I know th- at some point in the future we'll come back and do one with uh, the, the female actors or actresses, whatever word they prefer these days. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's get right into it. Mm. So... By those criteria, we have Al Pacino. And, yeah. And I think, where would you classify him? When he was younger, you know, obviously Godfather, you're looking a very good-looking man. Yeah, I always thought so, but he was never sort of... Hollywood didn't seem to see him that way. In fact, he was kind of known as being not really leading man material in sort of the romantic comedy, attractive male way. Which is kind of odd. You know, he was, I think that's why he did some of the more unusual movies that he did. Okay, I can see it. Um, But he absolutely has, you know, the movie star thing. He loves, I think, sort of being a star and and he's got the swagger. And, And if you look at some of his later movies, he was picking some interesting things. <laughs> he's completely sort of given up the the acting thing largely. And I'm wondering now if it's because maybe he just really wants to enjoy it. I think so. I think, you know, you do it as long as as, as he's done it and he's given himself to some incredibly serious, dark, you know, depressing movies. 
I think he just doesn't care anymore. I think he's just having fun. I think so at this point. You know, um, he did act more, uh, you know, like in The Irishman, that was more actual acting than we've seen from him for quite a while. Oh, that was a really good movie. You and I watched that, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that was kind of interesting. So there's some of it in there, but I think he's... I wouldn't expect it from him, sort of every movie the way he did, you know, when you're trying to establish yourself. Well, and actually, here we go. Speaking of the uh, the Irishman, it was good to see the return of uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, because he's another, I would say. I think maybe younger people maybe not so familiar with him because he did take all that time away. He did, you know, after Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Um, but to me, again, he sort of has the movie star thing. Like, he's iconic. Like, you you hear about... Joe Pesci and sort of pop culture jokes, even in like rap songs, like he's got that thing, right? Oh, yeah, because I mean, look at you know some of the movies he did. I mean, he was in you know Goodfellas, you know, you're talking one of the yeah. gangster movies of all time, yeah, you know, so like, yeah, he's got that sort of cool factor about him that makes you a star, he definitely does. And and then, do you think because we were discussing it earlier, it's has anything to do with, like, based on age and the era they came up in. I think it does, because it was, like, it was pretty unforgiving, I think, back then, you know? Like, you really had to work your, your butt off to to be anywhere in Hollywood back then. Um, you know, like, they didn't want Al for The Godfather, right? Yeah, they definitely did not. They almost fired Coppola because he stood by Al, and that sort of gives you an idea of how sort of just unrelenting it was back then that you could be Al Pacino and they would punch you. Yeah. You know, so I think, yeah, I think just those older age groups where it was just, yeah, they just had to work so hard for every little sort of scrap and role that they got. Well, exactly. And, and especially when they weren't, especially at that point, really hiring people for their looks, you really had to be a great actor to stand out. Well, that's it. And because, you know, you're looking way sort of pre-internet, even pre-sort of television sort of being in every home, it was a lot harder to remain relevant. There wasn't 24-7 TMZ celebrity gossip. Well, exactly, because even, you know, growing up in the, in the you know, mid to late 80s as we did, you know, it's still, it was really difficult to actually see a movie if you weren't going to the theater. Yeah, you know, and you didn't have that that sort of access to constant, you know, celebrity information, you know? No, you definitely did not. So I think that's sort of a huge part of it as well. They remained relevant for real acting reasons instead of just, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, today you can remain in the headlines, you know, as the Kardashians have proven for a decade plus by doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> very true it, and that's weird and it, that's a, an idea for another show is basically to look at where do we think the it, the Hollywood shifted towards moving away from acting and just going for you know a, like the movie star looks yeah but anyway back to who you would classify as movie stars but the thing with Joe is I don't think he really likes the spotlight no, I don't think he does, but in his case, it's kind of weird because most of the actors who don't like the spotlight, I wouldn't, like, a lot of them don't have the star part of movie star, but for him, he's such an icon that it, it almost doesn't matter. Like, he's surpassed himself. He's Joe Pesci. I think so, and I think the reason because he took off, what, almost two decades he was basically out of work. Yeah. Well, not out of work, out of the movies, because he was uh, doing his music tour. I think he does, a, like, a jazz tour. Yeah. And I think he eventually just kind of got tired of, of the limelight and everything and just took a step back. Mm-hmm, you know? So, like, you look at, uh, and you and I talked about this, like, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I mean, and... you talk about, and I mentioned that I think he is probably the last living actor who has successfully been able to separate his acting career from his personal life. Yeah, you know, but he's sort of, like, he's the anti-Joe Pesci, right? Like, he's the guy who also doesn't like the limelight, but it worked for him. Like, 
he's an amazing actor. He has the career to be a movie star, but he's completely managed to keep the star part basically down. Like, you don't hear a celebrity gossip about him. He doesn't, like, practically do interviews. Just the whole star thing is doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, him. very rarely have I even seen him give an interview and, you know, he his first break in acting i know he he's on another one right now he basically dropped off the face of the earth for two or three years and went to italy to learn how to become a cobbler yeah you know so like but for joe pesci like he tried to do that but it didn't matter because he's he's kind of just an icon of himself and that's the thing and i think a lot of it also has to do with what roles you take because daniel day lewis Mm -hmm. while he's done amazing acting roles has never had one of those ones that's known for their catchphrases or something yeah, the, you know, I mean, it's the, moment, like, you know, the, you know, what, do, what am I, a clown to you? Do I make you laugh? You know, the the whole fleshy yeah. thing from Goodfellas. Exactly, you know, so, anyway, that's why I think, you know, Joe Pesci's sort of fascinating. It, it is, he's a fascinating case, because while he doesn't seek out that fame, it was given to him. Yeah. By the public, and so he's, I think, a special case all on his own, but who else would you throw in for like the movie stars that have embraced every part of it. I know we talked Warren Beatty before. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson is iconic movie star. Oh God. Yeah. You know, cause he, again, he, he had the whole sort of being in the movies, but then almost even more the, the fame part, like you could tell he really loved the, the fame, the attention, the parties, you know? Oh, absolutely. And you know, how many, Countless times did you hear about random celebrities partying at his house parties because they met him in a Lakers game or something? Well, that was it, right? Like, Jack's house was the premier party spot in Hollywood from, you know, every all the celebrity gossip, it seemed like. For everybody, like, you could be 19, 20, 21, and you'd be partying at Jack's house. Exactly. It didn't matter because he really enjoyed it. And, and that's the thing, like, you never hear about him, but at the same time, he never really tries to hide. No, you know, so, like, he absolutely was the movie star. Yeah, um, I think he would definitely be the movie star. Uh, Arnold. <laughs> Arnie. I mean, you talk about no man who loves the public attention more than Arnie. No, you know, and, and, I mean, he's so, like, almost so far on his own because, you know, he almost had an entire genre to himself. Like, there will never be another action star like Arnold. No, and... I guess you can kind of make this weird comparison, like, you know, there's the Mount Rushmore, the peak of the mountain, and then there's Arnie sitting on top of it. Yeah, you know, like, there's other huge movie stars, but they almost all sort of followed in his footsteps. They sort of tried to do what he did. Yeah. You know, whereas he was the first, and he's always had that unique thing, right? The accent. Yeah, the accent, <laughs> the, the delivery. The, yeah, the... You know, just and being in such iconic movies, you know, right place, right time, oh, and right movies. Some of the biggest blockbusters of the era and some of the most quotable movies were him, you know, the Conan movies, Terminator, um, Predator, Commando, yeah, Predator, Commando. I'm gonna say Kindergarten Cop, it's not a tumor, yeah. yeah, you know, like just everything. So, you know, he's so far just out-of-the-world movie star. Yeah. Um, I'd also put up, uh, like, Harrison Ford. Okay, yeah, I mean, you you talk some iconic roles. He's got, you know, two of the biggest. Yeah, you know, and... You know, and just, dude, you're Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Exactly, That's like, what are you really... What are you really gonna do? Exactly. Um, but well, how is he with the... The wanting the attention i really don't know i think at this point he's a little tired the problem for harrison and he's sort of been more upfront about this more recently is that he never actually liked star wars the only reason he continued to do han solo is because that was the only way that he could continue to be indiana jones yeah they they leveraged him they said well if, if you come out of these say goodbye to indiana jones and he really liked being indiana jones yeah, you know, I think you. I think Han Solo would have been absolutely one and done if they didn't have that leverage on him. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's all he wanted. He only wanted one and done. But and, and so the problem is that, of course, 
Star Wars became a juggernaut, whereas Indiana Jones, well, sort of beloved, you can't exactly say that the franchise anywhere competes with Star Wars. No, I wouldn't say that. It, But I think, I would say probably pound for pound, fan for fan, Indiana Jones is a bigger cult following. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's sort of, I imagine for Harrison, it's a little bit of a problem because... You know, for what, like 40 years now, it's almost been exclusively fans screaming for Han Solo for a character he didn't really like in a movie series he didn't really like doing. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes it is what it so, is. Yeah, you know, so it's, I mean, it's in a weird way, it's almost like the, the James Bond curse, right? Like you can never get away from being James Bond after you've been James Bond. Uh, no, I mean, Pierce Brosnan never really did. No, his career never really was any, you know, he could never replicate the success. Mm. And I think the same thing will happen to Daniel Craig. Mm, possibly, although he was kind of the same style of actor before. Yeah. You know, um, that gritty action star, especially, you know, his early films back in England, but... Mm-hmm. I, you I, know, I, so I think that was... The... He might survive it because he's playing a Bond that's exactly like his movie characters. It's possible, but I think that was sort of the problem with Harrison Ford, where I think he liked the attention, but it was just sort of like, it always felt like he wanted to talk about things other than Star Wars, and everybody's just sort of like, no, shut up, we just want to hear about Star Wars. Well, I think, I mean, I don't blame him, um, <laughs> but eventually everybody just gives into it. <laughs> well, that's through it. Their own, through their own choice or just for, saving, for sanity's sake. You know, it's kind of like bands, right? Like, they'll have that one or two absolute hit songs, and it doesn't matter if they make 45 other, you know, albums. People, you know, 50 years, 60 years later, like, people still want to hear the Rolling Stones sing Painted Black. Yeah, it's like, guys, we've had 18 other albums. Don't care! Exactly. Sing the one song from 65 years ago that we like. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is kind of true. You know, so I think that was it. But um, uh, uh, obviously, there's the other action stars, Stallone. Mm. See, I think Stallone is a big fan of the attention. I think so. Not in a bad way, but like he's never really tried to hide from it. No. Um, So I I think. And and again, he fulfills the megastar requirements for the movies, you know? Yeah. Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, Stop or my mom will shoot. Eesh. You know? Exactly. But yeah, but and again, he. Do you, but do you think he was kind of um, hired for his looks? Because I know his career started off with that really weird softcore porn movie. <laughs> I mean, he is the Italian stallion. Well, that's that was his character. I think it was, what, a night at kitty and studs or something yeah but then that's basically it almost people started to refer to him almost more as that than his name <laughs> right um i i think there's an element of that i mean he was especially when he was younger you know he's a good looking guy and he also followed in sort of the arnold thing right so he was buff he was buff for most of his young career well exactly and if you look at his older roles um like man did he have some some you know, like that buff is like Cobra was a great one. Yeah. I've never seen Cobra. Yeah. You know, but he had that gritty, tough guy attitude and look to him. All right. Here's another one. We both love this guy. And he's sort of interesting because he's got the fame part, but he almost doesn't have the movie thing. And yet he's become iconic almost in a way that surpasses Joe Pesci. Ooh. Who that? Danny Trejo. I mean, the man is a is a cultural icon. Exactly. Like, but even he jokes that he doesn't even remember. Like, he watches movies and he sees himself in them, and he doesn't remember doing them. Well, exactly. I I think in one interview he was, you know, watching a movie with his kids. He's like, I was about twenty minutes twenty minutes into it, and I'm like, Hey, I'm in this. Exactly. You know. So like, I mean, he spent most of his career doing sort of little tiny bit parts, you know, sort of little character parts. And it really almost wasn't until, what, like, Machete that he kind of had, like, a breakout thing where he was the star. 
yeah, where he was the star, I would say, because he you have to chalk it up to he really got a big break after Heat. Yeah. I mean, that was the movie that set him on everybody's radar, to be sure. Yeah. You know, and then he was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, great movie. You know, so that also put him up. But, like, he, you know, until sort of Machete, I wouldn't say he would have been maybe, like, a more household name, but it feels like now he's, yeah, he's sort of iconic in a way that almost surpasses, like, Pesci or the other guys. Oh, my God, he's, he, I think, has transcended all of the other actors just in legend you know and it's all props to him because of course you know if you don't know about his past well i mean he yeah to sum it up basically the um you know he was talking to a casting director and he said you know can you act like a convict and he had done what 10 years in sing sing yeah or one of those rikers or something some big prison he'd done several years in prison he's like yeah i think i can make it work you know, so this is a guy who absolutely had to work for it. Literally bottom of the barrel. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and he did for, you know, 20 years, probably more before he really got his big break. Oh, I would say, yeah. And now, you know, now he gets a lot of top billing. It's not necessarily in the greatest of movies, but he is starring. Yeah, you know, so... Like, it's cool. He's sort of another one of those fascinating movie stars where he doesn't necessarily have one part, but he's a star. And plus, I would have to say, from everything I've heard, super nice guy. Yeah. From literally, I mean, I have not heard many people say a bad word about Danny Trejo, nor should they. Exactly. But that's, and then, but that's interesting because, you know, there's so many parts to what determines the movie star because you know yeah like you say he didn't really have the big huge acting roles but everybody knows who he is exactly so all of those guys that we've talked about they're from sort of the the last old generation you're looking at guys arnold's the youngest of that group he's 73 and then you're looking all the way up to jack nicholson who's 83 right so they're sort of part of that really old group if you move down then sort of a few years, then you're starting to get into guys and we both uh, love him. Denzel Washington. Oh, and I firmly believe um, that now that Sir Daniel Day-Lewis is on hiatus, I'm not going to say retired because he'll be back. Mm. But I would say now that he's not acting anymore, Denzel Washington is the greatest living actor in the world. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Absolutely. Uh, so he's 65. Uh, Bruce Willis, again, sort of coming in a little later. He's 65. Mm. So he was a little bit later to the whole sort of action thing. Yeah, but again, he came out with and he had a lot of iconic roles. Yeah, and I would say, again, I think he, he liked the star part. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Day is 63, but, you know, you and I have talked about already, he he doesn't have the sort of star part. He doesn't like talking no. to cameras. No, he he's not a fan, but he's still a legend. Uh, his other British contemporary, Gary Oldman's a bit the same. He's 62 and he does the same thing where, you know, he's had some iconic roles. He has sort of the talent, but he doesn't, he doesn't like the fame part. He sort of lives very quietly. He kind of does, but man, does he have some out there roles? Yeah. Very strange, uh, strange picks. Fifth element. Yeah, that pretty much sums up the probably one of the weirdest and hammiest performances I've I've certainly ever seen from him. Uh, it was very Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Yeah. Um, and the, What's that? And then I would put uh, Antonio Banderas. He's sixty, and he's sort of I think part of that last sort of 60 to 70 year old group yeah and i mean he's got some big movies on his you know once upon a time in mexico again yeah uh zorro um, zorro desperado he did the whole um robert rodriguez mexican trilogy or the mariachi trilogy yeah exactly like he was uh you know he was the the spanish actor right well, he managed I'm... to make yeah, oh yeah, when you thought of Spain and actors, you thought of Antonio Banderas for many a year. 
Exactly. And I think that, you know, ended up working in his favor when you could sort of have a niche that's all your own where you're like the guy. Exactly. You know, of a, of a certain ethnicity that you get called. But to be fair, do you think that was part of uh, the thing for Danny Trejo? Um, it was, but I mean, they were sort of flip sides, right? Because Antonio was, in most of the movies, you know, he was sort of the good guy, right? Or at least the kind of lead, whereas well, right, Danny I mean, Trejo... You know, Trejo's entire look, you know, the big, you know, the tattoos everywhere, like the real grizzled look. And, you know, he even admitted it in an interview. He said, you know, a lot of times somebody just says, hey, somebody go find that Mexican guy with the big tattoo on his chest. Oh, I think it definitely, yeah. I mean, he's made a career playing, you know, scary guys. Yeah, and he's very good at it. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of interesting, you know. Uh, and I think he's sort of interesting because he's accepted that. Some people wouldn't, you know, like uh, everybody wants to be the, the the lead. Yeah, everybody wants to be the romantic lead. You know, but he seems to be quite happy just to to be in movies and, you know to sort of know who he is and, you know. Yep. So, um, he's made no, he's made his peace with it, I would imagine. Yeah, he's, he's made, uh, you know, lots of money and, and such with it. But now, okay, so we've done like the 60s, and now I think actually here answered a question I posed earlier about when the switch happened from acting chops to more looks. Yeah, because now you know, I think when you start to get to like the forty-fives to sixties, you know, like your George Clooney's, like your Brad Pitts. Yeah, a lot of people, and especially for those of us who grew up in the, you know, the the late eighties and nineties, these were the the quintessential movie stars. These were the hot guys, right? Yeah. Like all the girls had Brad Pitt posters up. Yeah, the heartthrobs. You know, and it's so kind of weird now to think that they're pushing 60. Well, what was the one that you thought was weird? Was uh, DiCaprio? Yeah, like, DiCaprio is almost 50. He's 46, so he's, he's pushing on there. But, like, you don't think of DiCaprio as being 50. No, that's, that is weird. You know, like, this was the... Like, this is Titanic, right? Yeah, peak 1997 <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, you know, like, he was the guy, and yeah, now it's like 50 just sounded so old when we were young. Yeah, now he's another, you know, late middle-aged actor. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but you, yeah, you sort of see the, the start now where casting, yeah, just became so much more about finding really good-looking people sort of regardless of whether they necessarily sort of fit the the role in other ways like is it realistic that a doctor is going to look like brad pitt not really all right well on that vein where would you classify them because like in, you know in like the movie star thing i think they are absolutely movie stars but i just think this is sort of where it becomes a little bit the wor the sort of the the movie star thing starts to get a little more diluted. You're starting to get people who didn't necessarily have to work so hard for it. They were sort of hired for their looks, or sometimes they had sort of success early on, young, you know, when they were quite young, and they were also sort of on the the front of the development of like the internet. So getting attention was a lot easier. That's true, and it. You know, I think the switch to social media definitely tweaked things around. You know, like, they, for some of the older ones, you know, like, Cruz and them, they did have their movies in, like, the, the 80s, but it's pretty hard to sort of think that the internet hasn't continued to help them have success, you know, the past 20 or 30 years. Oh my god, absolutely, you know. Yeah. How many... Tom Cruise movies are kept alive by people on the internet. Or just anything. I mean, it was probably 20 or something years ago that he did that ridiculous couch jumping thing on Oprah, and you're still seeing that pop up now and then as kind of a meme, right? God, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like... I can't forget about that now. <laughs> you know, so like, it's not a, a great look, but it almost doesn't matter now because... Any attention is attention, right? Yeah, exactly. And he has plenty of attention. 
Um, so there's sort of that, yeah, you just sort of start to see this, yeah, the star thing kind of mutate now where, yeah, it's more about looks, it's more just about keeping your name out there, even if it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few where I would say they're, they're sort of still stars and they're not that way. Okay, who would you say? Uh, Idris Elba. Uh. But the thing about Idris Elba is he has so many irons in the fire. Like, you know, he's, he, I think he, uh, he just released a rap album a while ago. Oh yeah, he's one of these sort of multi, multi-threat, multi-talented guys, but he just, like, and he's part of that group. He's 48, so he's almost perfectly right between, like, DiCaprio and Matt Damon. Yeah, and a very fine actor. Yeah, and, you know, a good-looking guy, but he doesn't rest on that. He picks roles that are challenging, that are dark. Mm. And he's a good actor. Oh, he's a very good actor. You know? Whereas, I wouldn't necessarily say that about a lot of the other guys. Like, I think outside of one or two movies, I'm not sure Matt Damon is really a great actor. No, I mean, he had his, um... What was it, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, that's sort of the one where everybody's like, oh my god, he can super act, and then he kind of never did again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he did a good job in that movie. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Brad Pitt, quite frankly, is a terrible actor. Yeah, I... I mean, I don't mind him, but he is what he is. He, he's a, a very specific thing. Yeah. Um... Here's one that absolutely fits the movie star thing, but again, it, his acting is a a flavor for some people. Nicolas Cage. Oh God, Nick Cage. Some people love him. Some people hate him. You can't deny he is a movie star. Oh my God, he is a brightly shining star. <laughs> You don't say. You don't say. And I'm a fan of him. I like his movies. I like him as a person. He's an interesting cat. I think he is, too. I mean, again, I think at this point it's because he sort of seems to have just kind of accepted that he's Nicolas Cage and he just makes the most crazy, sort of out there, weird movies. I actually just watched one recently with him in it, and I'm going to completely biff on the name of it for a minute but it'll come to me Mm. but it was just it was like a day in his life Uh, let's put it that way but we'll keep talking and it'll come to me yeah you know so like yeah he's not for everybody obviously he's kind of reached meme status like living meme he did yeah but it doesn't matter because he's Nicolas Cage and he's, you know, a super movie star. Didn't he win an Oscar? I think he may have, yeah, at for, one point. Yeah, for leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but it was a great movie. Yeah. You know, the thing about Nicolas Cage that I think endears him to to people is that it doesn't matter if it's like the most d-list cheap straight to video movie he gives a thousand percent every role oh my god like dude he was in everything that was weird yeah back then. i mean raising arizona great movie yeah weird you know and still does like he's you know most people probably know he's run into some tax problems some money problems so he's doing a lot of a lot of these sort of d-list you know, uh, terrible straight to video movies, but it doesn't matter because he still he still just sort of gives it his all, right? Like he doesn't phone it in. And I I got the I remember the name of the movie. It was called Mandy. Mm. And it was just weird. Recent movie. Hmm. Recent movie. Uh yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, but it was weird, and like I say, it's a day in the life of Nick Cage, and I can't figure it out. <laughs> I don't think anybody would be able to figure him out. No, but, you know, he's he rolls with it. Um, um, so I think, you know, I think that's why people, people love Nick Cage. Yeah, love him or hate him, he is what he is, and he's proud of it, I think. So, yeah, Nick Cage, yeah. I would say, definite movie star. Absolutely. Um... Uh, I'd say another one sort of in that group is Eddie Murphy. Ooh, 
Interesting. You know, he sort of, his career hasn't been so good maybe in the past sort of decade, but I mean, he had so much success in the, the 80s and the 90s where he was just everywhere. New Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Beverly, you know. Beverly Hills Cop. But like, he's another one that I would say like, he's a movie star. Oh, 100%. You know, like, he's got the star thing. Like, everybody from our generation knows who Eddie Murphy is. <laughs> um, the Nutty Professor. Yeah. I mean, when he, what was it, he played, like, seven roles in that movie? Yeah, and he was sort of, uh, at least for me, I think he was the first one who kind of did that. I think he was, re yeah, one of the first big ones to do it. You know, it's sort of become a thing now where there's been so many movies where, you know, people do that. But I feel like he was one of the first to do it. I think so. And I think I remember hearing that. And because what I'm trying to think, like most of the people, most of his family members he played. Yeah. Oh, man. But he definitely is kind of an institution, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know. And then I'm not so good with pretty much anyone younger than probably about DiCaprio, sort of the 45, 46. I feel like I kind of stopped, you know, going to movies so much anymore, so I really well, don't know. Just that, but again, you have to figure these guys are still young, so they really haven't hit that movie star big level yet. I mean... Well, that's the problem, right? This, it's sort of the, the movie star has just become watered down to mean almost nothing. Like, you hear about movie star where it's some 16-year-old kid on his second role and the combined total screen time of both roles is six minutes. Hmm. But he's a movie star now. Well, true. So, I mean, you know. as time has gone on, the term definitely has been watered down, to be sure. Yeah, to where it just feels, you know, when they're describing younger people, it just doesn't feel like they've sort of earned it at all, you know? Like, if you're on your first movie, it almost doesn't matter how big it is. You're, I'm not sure you can call yourself a movie star. No, I, I think it, it takes a couple movies or, a, like, a breakout role. You know, or just, you know, like, some longevity, right? Like... Otherwise, all the everybody who had a main role in Twilight is a movie star because those movies just never went the hell away. Mm, true. You know, they were everywhere. You couldn't avoid them or the, the hype about them, the talk about them. And yet most of the people in them seem to have gone nowhere in their careers. Yeah, I mean, isn't um, the guy going to play Batman next? Pattinson? Yeah. Patterson? Yeah. Whatever his name is, I actually yeah. don't know his name. I don't know either. I think he's one of the only ones who's had any vague success. Most of the other people, I think, have kind of cratered. Or, you know, but actually, now I got one for you. Mm. Because it just popped into my head because you were talking about the longevity factor of a career. Yeah. Lance Henriksen. Ah, <laughs> Lance. He's... He's eight. The thing, the thing with him though is he's he's kind of more of like a cult icon. Like I'm not sure if you sort of said Lance Henriksen to the average person, they'd honestly no. know who that was. No, he's he's a definite that guy. We're like you know the guy in Aliens. Like oh that guy. Exactly, exactly. He's one of that guy. You know, I think people would actually recognize his face if you just showed them a picture more than his name. I think so, but I mean. To be fair, fantastic actor in a lot of things. Oh, yeah, I love Lance, but he's, yeah, he's sort of another one of those weird, yeah, kind of cult movie stars. Yeah, like, he never really had the huge Hollywood movie role. I mean, he was an alien, but... Yeah, but sort of as a side, yeah, he was like, side character. Yeah, he was a side, like a, yeah, B-story character. Yeah, you know, yeah, so he never quite had that sort of breakout. No, but because of the fact of his massive cult following, I would say movie star. Hmm. Um, he sort of reminds me of Tim Curry. Oh, God, Tim Curry. What a, what a, you know. a legend. Exactly, you know, but again... I just don't know sort of if you said Tim Curry necessarily how many, especially sort of younger people, like any 
anybody younger than 30, but they know who Tim Curry is. I mean, if you said Rocky Horror Picture Show, probably. Yeah, but without that context. Right. <clears throat> Although, I do Maybe have to not. say, what's one of, one of my favorite Tim Curry movies, which will always be What's that? Clue. Ah, uh, yes. I, dig I digress, <laughs> but, you know, and I think especially now because... You know, his health has been so bad the past few years because of the stroke. He's really pulled out of the public eye. Well, that's it. And that's sort of another thing that I think sort of factors into it. Like, once somebody stops acting, how quickly are they kind of forgotten? And that's the thing. And I think the younger generation, I think, is starting to forget who Tim Curry is. Yeah, and I think, you know, yeah. You know, if you're not sort of exposed to Rocky Horror, then... You know, he's not making movies, hasn't for quite a few years. Sort of, where are you going to see Tim Curry? Yeah, unfortunately, you're really not. Um, for anybody who doesn't also doesn't know, uh, he did the absolutely hilarious, I think it was the was CNC move, uh, games, computer games. Oh, God, I forgot about that game. Which were, you know, really early sort of movie motion capture sort of you know the mix of real actors in really terrible cgi early cgi cutscenes and things what was that one where he was like a russian general and he was laughing that was that that was that one and he was laughing through the take yes i love that whenever i feel you know like sad or down i watch that one part where you know i'm gonna go to one place that hasn't been infected by capitalism. Base! Oh, and he was dying. Yes, because the dialogue was so bad. There was a bunch of these games in like the maybe mid to late 90s where they, you know, they had this new technology, but they really didn't know what to do with it. No. And so they made these terrible ham-fisted, poorly sort of dialogued, you know, computer games, and yet they had major stars in them. Uh, another one was a game called Ripper, which managed to get Christopher Walken. I was going to say, I remember the one with Walken in it. You know, really sort of unusual, especially if you go back and kind of look at the, the graphics now. Of course, it looks kind of horrendous, but <laughs> yeah, sort of for some reason, they, they pulled these huge stars to give these really ham-fisted performances. I don't understand, but there it is. Well, I mean, it kind of reminds me of your your favorite sexy director. <laughs> you leave Uva Ball out of this. You know, like, how did he get, you know, Ben Kingsley? I don't know. Or anybody else. Like, you could understand a couple of them, not gonna name any names, but a couple of the other guys who have kind of become infamous for money trouble moving on but a lot of the actors weren't and like sir ben kingsley is a sir he's won an oscar what are you doing i have no idea what he was thinking but it happened you know so it was kind of like the the early computer game version of that where you're just like what pretty much uh, but yeah, if anybody wants to, you know, see some funny Tim Curry stuff, you know, YouTube for that stuff. Oh man, it was too funny, like... It was amazing. <laughs> but again, yeah, sort of more cult star these days. I think so, but I think at this point, have the lines between, like, cult star and movie star kind of blended? I think for some people, yeah. Um, and then it's sort of interesting to see uh, some stars sort of move from, from one to the other. Yeah, like maybe focusing more on like, you know, indie stuff and weird projects than the big Hollywood blockbusters. Or vice versa, or just to sort of have a, a late career rebirth. I mean, I'm thinking of someone like uh, RDJ. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you grew up in the late 80s and 90s, poor RDJ had a hard go of it. Yeah. You know, he he wasn't getting attention for, for good reasons. No. But then... And so it was kind when, of... And I remember when they first announced that he was going to be Iron Man. 
Yeah, you know, everybody... I mean, people were skeptical if he would even complete the shoot, right? At that point. That was kind of where his career or sort of his infamy was at. Um, Unfortunately for him, yeah. You know, uh, Downey really did take a, a tumble. You know, and then, you know, of course, now he's he's had this insane mega, yeah, mega star rebirth courtesy of Marvel. Hey, you know, he yeah, so he was Iron Man. And then I think he left the Marvel franchise. I think he did Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, and Sherlock. He did those Sherlock Holmes movies. I liked them. They were actually good because I like Jude Law. Uh, I watched the first one and liked it. It was it was interesting. I didn't see the second one. But actually, you know, but I think, I think I would probably put him as a movie star, you know. I think he is before, now, yeah. Even before, I don't know, I, he could have made an argument even before. Hmm. Well, I mean, he did have notoriety. <laughs> yeah, he was the, uh, the Hollywood bad boy. Yeah, so, well, maybe that would be, like, more cult status. Yeah. Um... I guess that brings up the other uh, uh, infamous Hollywood bad boy. Oh, God, which one? Winning. Oh, boy. Good old Tiger Blood. Yeah, good old Charlie. You can't argue that he's a, he's a star. Um, no, you cannot. I tried to, but, I mean, he, yeah. he has had some, you know, pretty good iconic roles the thing i mean he's kind of become more infamous than famous obviously he's again meme status well yeah but But, he actually can act when he wants to well that's the thing right like he he did do some good movies when he was young wall street (laughs) with his old man yeah you know so but he's sort of again sort of the, the the bad boy yeah. Who's a, who's kind of had a resurgence, but unfortunately, you know, obviously his his demons kind of gotten the best of him again. So he's kind of had that that up down, up down. And he is and the thing is his up down isn't like a slow thing, it is a crashing down. Oh yeah, it's a, it's the roller coaster going way up and then we down. Oh yeah. Um so he's sort of there, uh Johnny Depp. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> um, you know, aside from that, again, you're sort of looking at a guy who, you know, monstrous talent, and yet just sometimes can't seem to get out of his own way. I, I think that's the best way to put it. He cannot get out of his own way. Um, you know, but became so famous with all the Pirates movies, you know, megastar. Oh, God, yeah. I mean... And he did. Sh- he does have some acting chops. I think he's great. I mean, people always said that he was basically like a younger version of Gary Oldman. I mean, he chose the same kind of strange roles. Um, I could see that because I think really the first thing I remember seeing him in that I was like, "Wow, this guy can act!" was What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, you know, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, what a movie! You and know, you know the, but it... just real quick and because this actually involves who I consider to be another movie star. We'll do the real old guard in another episode. Mm. Vincent Price was supposed to have a much bigger role in that film. Ah, uh, was he? Yeah, but unfortunately he was so sick by that point, that was all that, that they could get out of him. You know, he, his health had declined, and I think he passed away not long after that movie came out. Oh, that's too bad. But, um... <clears throat> So that might be where some of like the the slightly younger than us but older than the the kids these days would know him from. Yeah, probably. But that man had a legendary career. And again, we'll talk yeah. about like the real old timers later. Yeah. But um Johnny Depp, I don't know. He, I think when you buy into your own stardom is when problems start to happen. Well, that was sort of the thing and frankly the the pairing with Tim Burton hasn't actually been very good for him at all. No, I would say not, not recently, you know, because they've done all these sort of odd movies, sort of think of Willy Wonka. Oh, God, that was terrible. 
Yeah, and just sort of, just a lot of sort of really bad movies, and and then, of course, then he sort of bought into the whole thing where it seemed to be that he actually thought he was Jack Sparrow because he basically played Jack Sparrow in The Lone Ranger. Yeah, I was thinking that like he, like took it a little too far. Yeah, so <laughs> I think he's. The thing is, I think he sort of got knocked down and then he started trying to act again. Like, if you haven't seen Black Mass, that was really good. Black Mass? I don't think I have, actually. That was the one where he plays Whitey Bulger. Oh, okay, I haven't seen it, but I know what it is now. Yeah, um, for anybody who doesn't know, Whitey Bulger was an infamous Boston gangster. (laughs) And they got him in the end. Uh, slash FBI informant. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert, they got him eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, but that was sort of, you know, that was his, one of his sort of comeback roles after, you know, after he'd sort of been knocked down by these terrible movies back to back to back to back. Oh, man, he, his career was really tanking. Um, and actually another one who I'd put in there, and I think they're probably close in age, is Will Smith. Okay, I mean, is I mean, and I mean, put in there in terms of like Will Smith again. You're talking about a guy who made like the movie star in the the '90s and even into the early '00s. But I mean, look at his career over the past decade or so. What's he really done? Like mostly, he's become infamous for like After Earth, that movie where he played with his son. That was garbage that was not very good i did watch it uh suicide squad which was garbage well they didn't let him talk well there's that you know but just like just unfortunately just bad picks like just doesn't seem to get the roles anymore no well when you sort of compare what he did like independence day men in black dude independence day was huge yeah you know like he he was everywhere in the 90s. Bad boys? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like he's kind of another one of these guys where he's kind of on the that low end of his career. You know, you act for so long, it's I guess it, it can be hard to remain relevant. Well, that's the thing, because, you know, every year more and more people start coming into movies. Yeah, and, you know, you and know he's... fickle audiences are. Well, that's it, you know, and you, you get on, maybe you're not as as action-y as you were, and you were, you know, 25. Exactly. When you were, you know, now at 50-something, you're not as spry as you were at 28, so. Yeah. Yeah, he's 52. Wow, that's crazy. That's really weird to think about. You know, I still remember Fresh Prince. Yeah, you know, so... <laughs> You know, I guess if they want, you know, action stars, there's a lot of young guys for that. Well, and that's the thing, and they're and especially now with um, you know, they're really doing a lot more CGI stuff. They can bring in anybody and make them a star. Yeah. Well, exactly. So, you know, I, you always hope for Will Smith. You know, you I could see the like him. the. Yeah, you know, the flickers of resurgence, like he did uh, The Pursuit of Happiness, but that was way back in 2006. Yeah, that was a while ago. You know, but that was sort of like his career was already kind of struggling, and then he did that, and that was amazing acting, mm. and then he kind of hit a slump again, and then I'd say maybe the the Bad Boys that just released is kind of the first successful movie he's done in a while. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Pursuit of Happiness was a great movie. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, less after Earths. And then there was that other one where he played the, like, de-aged version of himself. Oh, I know. I cannot. I'm blanking on it. Oh, I gotta check. What was it on IMDb? Well, you keep doing that, and I'll, I'll prattle on. But when that's a thing, and like, but it's like, what happened in between Men in Black and you know, kind of mediocrity. Um, just a lot of kind of weird stuff. Like, Men in Black 2, I can't remember it too much, but I don't think it was very good. Um, um 
You did iRobot, which I don't think was very good. Well, I watched iRobot. It, it wasn't bad, but it was it was what it was. Uh, he did the voice work in Shark Tale, which was kind of awful and also just felt like a desperate sort of knockoff of superior Pixar movies. <laughs> and Cash Grab. Yeah. Then he had the two good movies in the sort of 2006-2007, The Pursuit of Happiness and I Am Legend. Both of those were, were good. I didn't mind I Am Legend. I thought that came out later, though. But then he followed it up with Hancock, where I think that's the one where he plays a weird superhero oh, yeah, thing. The, the drunk, angry superhero. Then Men in Black 3, then After Earth. Oof. Um, then, you know, a few others that I've never even heard of. Then Suicide Squad. Oof. Uh, Bright, that weird movie where he played a cop with sort of orc-looking other cops. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Then Aladdin, where, I mean, it was always going to be hard to follow in the shoes of Robin Williams, but then there was the whole thing where it was just weird because it was basically just Will Smith painted blue. Yeah, I didn't even see it, and I don't really want to. The live-action yeah, version of the Disney movies don't seem to be doing very well. No, uh, the one I was thinking of is Gemini Man. Oh, God, I remember that movie. It wasn't very good. Sorry. No, because it's sort of... The de-aging technology isn't good enough to have, like, a full-length movie. You can use it for a few seconds, mm. but it's kind of uncanny valley. Yeah. You know, after more than a couple seconds, and especially, you know, like, full upfront shots of somebody's face for long periods. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really work. It's not quite there yet, so... It was just sort of weird from the start. It's not his fault, but it yeah, people were kind of put off by the movie for that reason. It also, from what I remember, it, it used a weird frame rate for its filming, and I think it actually made people a little motion sick. Could be. I, I'm usually I, remember the, I really don't remember. I remember sort of reading something about that where no it's... There's something in the decision of sort of the speed of framing just is a little bit weird as well. Yeah, that is weird. But that's sort of what happened to Will Smith is just... He did little movies that nobody heard of, and unfortunately every time he got a big movie that maybe on paper <laughs> sounded like it was going to be a, a big thing, like Suicide Squad was certainly hyped to hell, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, was. it kind of blew up in everybody's face. Unfortunately. It could have been you good, know, but they went the wrong way with it. Yeah, him most of all, you know, being one of the most recognizable people in a lot of these movies. Well, that's the thing. One of the most recognizable people, and they kept him under a mask and didn't let him talk. Yes. Like, what the hell's the point? Yeah, pretty much. So, I guess we'll see. He's got uh, He's got some movies coming out. Exactly, and that's so. And I think it's probably about that age where you really, we really haven't seen the next crop of what could be, mm. could we consider movie stars? No, because there's guys who are ultra famous now. Like mostly, you're looking at like the crop of the younger Marvel stars, like Chris Hemsworth, uh, whoever played Spider Man. Oh God, I just blanked on his name. Is it Andrew Garfield? Or, no, he was in the okay. no. Tom, yeah, he Tom was something. Uh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but like all them, Tom Hiddleston who played Loki, like mm -hmm. they're all really famous, but it's all kind of based on just one role. You know, one role stretched over a long period, but one role. Unfortunately, you're not wrong. You know, like. So I'd, it would just be nice to see different things. Like, you know, can you be a movie star if you're not playing Thor or in a Marvel movie? Right, and honestly, weirdly, it was that movie... What was the movie where Schwarzenegger's daughter was a zombie? Maggie. Maggie. I really liked that movie. Because that showed he actually can kind of do, like, a serious role. I was really impressed by that. I watched it as a fluke because I was curious about him. It was sort of the first drama that he'd done, you know, almost ever, especially in a long time. And I really wanted to see, could he do it? And I really recommend it. It's a, it's an interesting movie. It's sort of entertaining. It's kind of a much more 
quiet cerebral version of something like uh 28 days later like you kind of have that non-zombie zombie virus but it doesn't have the big action it's it's all sort of very sort of quiet very into the dialogue into the the subtle acting and i do have to say actually speaking of that the on-screen chemistry with him and the actress who played his daughter and i'm blanking on her name i should know it because i've seen her in a lot of stuff mm. but anyway it was very believable very organic yeah it was uh abigail breslin that's it i was like i've seen her in so much stuff okay abigail breslin but you know the you know the final scene when she realizes that she's giving into it and he's down there sleeping and just the subtle motions he does it's like man that's yeah really so cool. if you if you want to see him you know like see him really act watch the movie because yeah he's i think a lot of people would be impressed i don't think a lot of people even know about the movie it's sort of it's from 2015 and it just sort of flew under everybody's radar it did all right so now as we start to wind this one down mm -hmm. let's re-go over our criteria and this is what you can hopefully take and apply to the next generation. You're talking big, iconic roles. Yeah. And the combination of wanting and really enjoying the media attention. Yeah. Like you have to have the star part. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, you can enjoy the media and not be a star. Like yeah. every reality show ever. Well, that's it. So... <laughs> On that vein, I mentioned to you earlier I had a secret one I was saving. Okay. And we're going to close it out when... Let's see where you would want to categorize him. Alright. Mel Brooks. Oh, man. Uh, okay. I mean, for me, the thing is I mostly know him as a director. Right, but don't forget, he also was in the movies. Yeah, you he know, had, but... He had good roles in a lot of his movies. He did, but it's just, like, you think of Mel Brooks, you think of all the movies more that he, you know, that he directed. Right. But, so for me, I don't know. Here's yeah. why I say everybody knows him. That's true. Mel Brooks is an institution. Yeah. And he loves the fame. It's true. So I guess, yeah, I mean, he's sort of weird because he'd be, I guess, the part of the for me, at least, the director's star, movie stars. Right. And, and I think directors can be movie stars as well. Yeah, because look at some of his iconic acting roles. Dracula Dead and Loving It. That's true. He was hilarious in Dracula Dead and Loving It. I love that movie. Um, he was, What else was he in? He was the, the rabbi in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yep. He wasn't really in Young Frankenstein, mm. but he was, you know, big part in Blazing Saddles, big, huge part in Spaceballs. Well, not big, huge part. He had a good part in Spaceballs. Yeah, you know, but I mean, even just as a director, I think, you know, them making the movies and, oh God, you know. He's made some of the funniest movies ever. You know, and especially nowadays, sort of having to do all the press stuff. Like, the directors do as much press as the actors do. But I think it's, I would say it's a combination of, one, his fame, and two, his age, because he's 94. Yeah, so he kind of, he he managed to be famous it's, in an era where maybe they weren't so interested in talking to the directors as much. Right, and also, I mean... You look at the relationship he has with other actors, mainly because a lot of them now get the chance to let loose. Yeah. You know, he had his core that he hired. You know, he was a real big fan of Harvey Corman, you know, Harvey Corman, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, Gene Wilder, may he rest in peace. Yep. But, you know, when he would get, when he would get like a big name actor, and they could just cut loose... Yeah, like, I mean, it was, was just fun. Who was Dead and Loving It? Who played Renfield? Uh, oh, Peter good. McNichol? Yeah. You know, you could tell he was having fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just silly. Fly, you do not. Out of course. 
plus the the back and forth between him and Leslie Nielsen was just phenomenal. Exactly. Like people just you could have fun. And so that I will close and I will say arguably one of the biggest stars alive today, Mel Brooks. Yep. Absolutely. So there you go. That was an interesting topic. I'm glad we did that. And I think we're going to definitely come back at some point in the future and revisit it with the, the female actors. because I've the got ladies. A, I've got a list of some big-name actresses I respect. Yep. Granted, a lot of them have Dame in front of their name, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, exactly. Helen Mirren is amazing, and that's a, my closing thought. Uh, what do you want to part with? Go watch all of Al's movies. <laughs> But on that one, for the carnival, I am Zach. I'm Roy. Uh, Go watch some movies, dig deep into the 80s, and start making your own list of uh, who you consider to be movie stars and let us know if there's any we missed. So until next week, take it easy, stay safe, and stay in touch.